From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing health issues and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owen, specialist in maternal fetal medicine at UMMC, and today it is the foot show. That's right, bunions, corns, plantar fasciitis, heel spurs, nail fungus, you name it, we got it. If your boots that were made for walking have your dogs talking, this is the show for you. Join me and our veteran guest, Dr. Stephanie Thomas of Premier Foot Clinic in Clinton, as we answer your questions and take your calls related to foot issues. Give us a call this morning at one mpb ring That's one 672 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy for Women with Dr. Michelle Owens on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. These boots are made for Good morning. It's Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. And as you could tell from that intro, it is time for the foot show. Try to contain yourselves. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, specialist in OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine at UMMC. And I am joined today by the woman who needs no introduction for those of you who are our loyal listeners, the most beloved, one of the most beloved guests that we have had on this show. Oh, P.S., by the way, we are five years old. Five years. We've been doh, doing this thing for five years. We had an anniversary like in early August. Oh. Um, yeah. And so it's been five years that we've been doing this. And we've been and you've actually been you were one of the original guests that we had when this show launched. And wow. um, we appreciate you staying with us all this time and continuing to come back. Well, this um, show was a very fun show. Well, I'm glad that you think so, because we really enjoy it. Dr. Stephanie Thomas, who is a podiatrist um, at Premier Foot Clinic. She's got satellite offices all over the great state of Mississippi. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> one of the hardest working women in foot care. Can yes. I say that? One I, of the hardest working women in foot I care. I like that. And today, again, we are talking about your feet. So most people... Um, have some kind of issues from time to time regarding their feet. Sometimes it's um, an issue with your nails. Sometimes it may be a a fungus. You know, over the summer, people are getting lots of, um, they'll get lots of pedicures and other things done. Um, Also, um, athletes and injuries. And while people are out being active, we spend quite a bit of time um, on our feet every day. So it gets a lot, those, uh, they get a lot of action. And as a result, can be vulnerable to injuries and discomfort and other things. So again, Dr. Thomas, we are so glad to have you. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. And just to add on what you said, one of the things that I find amazing even now is that a lot of times patients or people will say, oh, my foot hurts, and they make excuses and don't seek help. They'll make the excuse of age, weight, anything they can find 
uh, to avoid getting it checked because they assume that foot pain is normal. And there's no such thing as pain being normal. I love I love when you say that, like it, if it hurts, then Please. that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point of us having the uh, sensation of pain. That's our body's way of saying, hey, something's wrong. So, And that works for your feet, too. Oh, yeah. Definitely for your feet. Well, and, you know, that's one of the reasons why in the very beginning um, we thought to add a, a show that kind of talked about feet. Because one of the things that I realized is that, you know, very infrequently do people actually talk to me about their feet. Maybe that's because I'm an OBGYN um, <laughs> and people don't really think that that's something that they can talk about. But I just always wondered. And when I asked some of my friends who are primary care physicians and things like that, like we have certain medical conditions that we know um, people may be vulnerable to foot problems. Diabetes is one that comes up. Um, people who have vascular disease as another. And I think those things kind of overlap. Those are very important. And what's interesting is that I think the healthcare community as a whole probably does not pay as much attention to the feet. Um, in fact, patients that have amputations, their life expectancy is less than someone that's had breast cancer, prostate cancer, Lodgkin's lymphoma, colon cancer. Yet we hear about that all the time. When someone has a part of their foot amputated or their leg amputated, their life expectancy is five years. Wow. After an amputation? Uh-huh. My goodness. And so a lot of times we don't think about it because you think about the reasons why they, the what led to that. Mm-hmm. They are, they're going to have so many other healthcare modalities with it. But that's why the whole objective is to, you know, for me, I always say keep them walking. Because what happens is when they have an amputation, first the depression sinks in, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I can't walk. And then they end up becoming more sedimentary, which leads to other problems. So a lot of times when a patient comes in and has a wound or anything, you know, it gets, unfortunately, it gets ignored because they just stick it in a shoe and say, oh, well, out of sight, out of mind. Um, I know we see that more often than I would like to. Uh, our state is number one when it comes to amputations. Um, Which kind of, I guess, makes sense because yeah. we have a lot of diabetes. We have a lot of diabetes. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes... And a I'm, lot of access issues. A lot. Yes. That's the biggest thing. Patient access, access is huge. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly saying, you know, I, I get tired of being 50. <laughs> Indeed. Like, can we move up to 49 or 48? You know, so... I mean, sometimes it's just some very small changes that we could make, um, you know, that could make big differences in, you know, in those, uh, in those numbers. But I, um, once again, I'd like to give the phone number out real quick so that people can call with their questions. one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 You can drop us a line to women at mpbonline.org. You can tweet me a question at Dr. Michelle Owens. Um, and also if you um, have to have to leave your place where you're listening now, or if you, um, need to listen to us mobily, you can always listen to us on the uh, on the MPB app, which can be downloaded from the App Store. So, um, again, we are here with Dr. Stephanie Thomas, and we are talking about feet. Dr. Thomas, where exactly are you located? I said Premier Clinic, Premier Foot Clinic, but you you've you've been you've grown over the past few years. So, wh- where exactly are you? Are your I think I need your to hire you as my like marketing PR <laughs> person. Where are your locations? Um, our primary location is in Clinton on Highway 80, 705 Highway 80. West and our second location is in Cleveland, the Delta, which is uh, patient access. There is definitely an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, One forty North Street. 
So we've been there almost two years and have grown faster than I anticipated. But a lot of it has to do with just um, there was not uh, being in a place where there's a need. Definitely. And so um, the other thing is we have quite a few listeners who are also down on the coast. For for those of you who are uh, listening from uh, down in the southern part of Mississippi, especially around the Gulf Coast, I'm trying to encourage Dr. Uh, Dr. Um, Thomas to make her move down there, too, so that she can continue this wonderful expansion. Anyway, um, again, guys, give us a call if you have any questions about um, about your feet, whether it's joint related, if it's bone related, nail related, skin related um, and nerve discomfort or pain um, are all topics that are on uh, point for us today. Um, So, Dr. Thomas, one quarter of the body's bones are in their feet. Are in the feet? Yes, the feet are important. First means of transportation. That's a lot. A a fourth of our bones are in our feet. I thought that was a very interesting little fact. So you know, I get I get really excited about these little random facts. Um, But so so tell tell our listening audience um, what kinds of um, issues you primarily deal with, or how someone might get to you. Are you one of those folks who they have to have a referral in order to see? Because a lot of people don't know who to talk to about problems with their feet. So if they go to their doctor, they may not mention it. They, they, unfortunately, they may not mention it. What I tell patients who have a primary doctor, especially if they're doing a wellness is to take their shoes and socks off. And even if you don't mention it, the doctor, if the socks are off, they may see something or, they may smell something, or they if may the socks are off. <laughs> I, I I always notice when people's socks and shoes are off. I do notice that. Well, yes, barefoot, it, it, bare feet yeah. will that definitely will catch. A but person. that, but that is probably the most important for us. Um, and I think I can speak for most of the podiatrists that I know in the state. Um, referrals, you know, our thing is just trying to have patient access. So um, unless your insurance requires a referral, all you need is pick up the phone and call. So no no referral necessary, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Um, and the podiatrist is definitely a place where you go or who you can call if you're having problems with your feet. But the other part is if you do have a primary care doctor and you're having issues, please make sure that you mention it. Um, there and and the issue is not that about the appropriateness. I think sometimes uh, patients wonder or worry about. Um, how they may be perceived if they ask a question of a provider and it's not really that doctor's uh, area of expertise. But I think one of the other things that we have the capacity to do and can do very well as healthcare providers is that we can direct them to the appropriate person, place, or, um, or, or entity for whatever concern it is. So don't feel like you have to parcel it out. Um, so for all of my patients who are listening, if you come to me and you got a foot problem, you can tell me. I mean, it's fine. We can talk about other things besides things related to OBGYN stuff. But if you if you have a concern or a problem, it's really important for you to voice it to your healthcare professional that you have a relationship with because that person may not have the answer, but they can direct you to a person who does. Um, we're getting ready to take our first break of the hour. Again, this is the foot show guys. Our lines are all open. That number once again, one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And we will be right back to take your calls and answer questions more on your feet after this.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. We are getting off on the good foot and we're talking about good feet and how to help you keep your feet happy and healthy at Southern Remedy for Women. We are live in the studio with our guest, Dr. Stephanie Thomas, Hello. who is, there you go. I got you now. Uh, Dr. Stephanie Thomas, who is uh, with Premier Foot Clinic. Sorry about that. We had a little technical glitch, but we are back and ready. Okay, so um, this our phone lines are open, and we've got some calls coming in, so we're going to go straight to the phone lines this morning. We're going to start with Michelle from Mobile. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. I'm calling because um, I guess it's just a sign. It's a God thing that I'm listening to on able to like, call you guys. I never do this. Anyway, so I'm 35, and I was diagnosed with neuromas in my left foot. And I guess my question is, um, is there really any way to um, treat neuromas other than getting cortisone shots or them surgically removed? And if um, neuromas can also show up anywhere else on the body for um, women or men? (laughs) <laughs> okay. Michelle, uh, as far as conservative treatment, the first thing is to pay attention to what type of shoe gear you're wearing. You want something that's not real narrow in the toe box. And mm-hmm. if you go online, uh, get something that's called a metatarsal pad, and you may type in neuroma pad. And if right. you put, yeah. you can try that, because what that does is when you put it in your shoe, it actually spreads the bones the the two bones that the neuroma is sitting in between, it spreads those bones out and takes some of the pressure from the nerve. A lot of times, though, the, if that neuroma is really large, you may need a cortisone injection just to reduce the inflammation. But I would say most of the times, at least for my patients, surgery is not something I commonly do because uh, generally we can resolve it conservatively. Right, and I've just heard people that have had any kind of surgery say it was just the worst. And if you can avoid it, do, do avoid it. Well, hopefully they were not my patients. I can't speak for <laughs> them. <laughs> they were in <laughs> um, You know, when it comes to having surgery on the foot, it is a little more complex because unlike other parts of the body, you have to stick it in a shoe afterwards. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Un- truly understanding the biomechanics of the foot will be important. And, I, you know, surgery is not something to be just to just take on lightly. So I commend you for trying to do conservative therapy, but don't underestimate the helpfulness of having a cortisone injection if needed. Yeah. I've, well, the, the, I've had cortisone shots for carpal tunnel and I'm only 35, which is alarming. That's why I'm kind of concerned because since I guess being um, in middle school, I've always kind of had like this weird pain in my hip. And it's almost as if I had an aroma in my hip. That's why I was wondering if they could show up anywhere else in the body. No, but that makes sense. It, 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 well, your question makes sense, but you don't, I don't think it's a neuroma. If you've had something since middle school, I would wonder if you had some scoliosis perhaps and you're getting referred pain in your hip. Has anyone looked at your back or hip? Mm, I want to say over the years they have, but nothing's ever been found, which have you ever had an X-ray of your back and hip? Um, I don't think 
that. Well, yeah, I've had diff because I've had kidney stones. Mm, no. Yeah, and usually though, when when they're when you're getting imaging for kidney stones, um, while some radiologists may mention if there's a curvature in your spine or depending on the location, um, it may be something that they may or may not see. But um, sometimes, if they're looking very specifically, that may be something that um, may there may not have been significant attention paid to, or may have been um, overlooked or not commented on. It's very difficult, you know. A lot of times when we're doing imaging studies looking for one particular thing, um, it's not uncommon for some of those other things that may also be present um, that are not directly related to the reason for the study to sometimes be um, to be overlooked. But I think um, the difference is that if that is part of the workup for hip pain, et cetera, then there will be a totally different focus for the people who are interpreting those imaging studies and the types of imaging that they may order. So it's like the same kind of imaging that you may get for a renal stone or looking for or concerning for stones would not necessarily be the same type of imaging that would be required if we're doing an evaluation for hip pain. I just, I always feel like I'm 80 when I get out of a car of a movie theater and I'm walking real funny and it's, Right. It's it's not. Maybe I should get it looked at. When you said any kind of pain is not normal. That's right. Like, oh, I'm gonna call. There you go. I think that's a great idea. And thank you so much for giving us a call. Now, um, you did ask a question about um, whether or not neuromas can occur in other places. Um, And Mm -hmm. a neuroma, just by definition, is just um, it's a a tumor or a growth of nerve tissue. And so now they are not cancers, um, but um, you know, there are, so they can occur wherever there's nerve tissue. So there are nerve tissues in other places. You can have it, um, related to hearing and, you know, in the brain, you can have them in your arms. So wherever there's nerve tissue, you have the potential to have neuromas grow because all they are overgrowths of actual, um, nerve tissue, but yeah, get it checked out. And like, I I think it's coming from your back. Go see your primary physician, get an x-ray. Okay. There you go. See, we got everything covered, your back, your feet, everything in between. Thanks so much for your call, Michelle. Have a wonderful weekend. We are going to keep, we're going to stay on the line and go to Nancy, who is calling us from the coast. Good morning, Nancy. Hi there. How are you? Doing great. Um, I'm sorry. What is your name, doctor? This is Dr. Michelle Owens, and Dr. Stephanie Thomas is our podiatrist who's in with us today. Michelle Owens? Yes. All right. Uh, yes, ma'am. Um, I have two questions. Uh, if I have a son who's 53 and has just recently possibly been diagnosed as um, a diabetic, should somebody like that um, who, ha- who has that um, be wearing some kind of a shoe for neuropathy or anything? No, the sh- not necessarily. If he's just been diagnosed as a diabetic, I don't know if he has neuropathy. The two don't necessarily go hand in hand. That's oh, a common okay. that's a common complication of diabetes. Oh, I um, he should be getting, and his primary care physician will be directing that. But he should okay. be getting an eye exam every year, a foot exam every year, to assess and see if there's any type of neurological damage. Or foot exam. Okay, yes. very good. And then the other question is, I have a stepson who is 60, um, had uh, part of the leg on the right leg removed from the knee down, 
Um, been in a wheelchair for four years. Um, hasn't really gone to the prosthesis yet. All right, to to help his other foot and to help him balance, would and he has flat feet, very flat feet, uh, or one flat foot. Um, <clears throat> that, would he need a, a shoe, a good shoe that has an, a specialized shoe or with an arch in it to help him? What uh, as he later on does get the prosthesis and. Well, I would encourage him to get the prosthesis. My concern is he's in a wheelchair, and it's been four years, so he's not not walking. And so there's not going to be a shoe on the opposite side that's going to help with that. He has to um, get—just encourage him. He may have to go back. He's going to have to do some physical therapy because if Mm -hmm. he's been sitting for four years, he's Mm -hmm. probably had some what we call atrophy or wasting away of the muscles. You know that phrase, if you don't use it, you lose it. Amen. Yes, so ma'am. he's, I would definitely encourage him to get fitted for a prosthetic yesterday yeah. and, and really? go to physical therapy because otherwise a shoe on the opposite limb is not going to help him get up and walk. And they will be able to, I think, um, I think the other important thing is just to make sure that once he does start getting mobile and is actually fitted for the prosthesis and starts utilizing it and gets his strength up in order to be able to ambulate, then they can assess, you know, once he's up and moving, what additional support he may need Mm -hmm. for that Mm -hmm. other foot. So say, for example, if he's having discomfort or pain or whatever as a result of the flat feet or what have you, then Mm -hmm. he can have some shoe gear that is specifically, um, augmented in order to be able to help him in that way. I see. Very yeah. good. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your call, Nancy. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought this was pretty interesting. We've had questions about neuromas, which mm-hmm. can, which occur pretty commonly on in the foot, um, yes. and also this issue with diabetes. So one of the things that's really important, um, in addition to all people who have diabetes, getting their um, annual examinations of their feet. Well, first of all, I guess the biggest question is why do they need to get an examination of their feet? Why? What's so special? What's so special about prevention, diabetes and, and the feet prevention, prevention, prevention. A lot of times we are reactive versus proactive. Uh, Majority of the times when you hear about diabetics having amputations or any type of wound or anything of that nature, typically it didn't start overnight. It normally starts because of some neurological or vascular problem. Um, To expect the patient to necessarily pick up on it may be too late. So, um, Well, I mean, and the truth is that sometimes it's hard for people to see their feet. It can be very challenging for people to see their feet and to be able to fully examine every part of their feet to know. And and I think the other interesting thing is that in diabetics, they can have, whether it's a vascular problem or a nerve problem, so they don't even know that there are parts of their feet where the the sensation may be different. I think sometimes we get so tuned in to some of the things that we think everybody experiences. So we believe that it's always burning, pins and needles, numbness, or something like we think that there's one particular or two few symptoms. And if, if we're not having that, then we're, we're totally okay. Well, not only that, we just assume that if I hurt, that's normal. That's the problem too. If I have some extra birthday candles on the cake, sometimes we'll say, oh, well, or my favorite, I stand on concrete. So therefore I'm supposed to hurt. And I'm like, 
Okay. Oh, that's still am not I, normal. Am I still toe boot people? I know yes. that this is the one. So, <laughs> so we've had women callers this morning, but guys, this is your call-in show. And we have lots of guys who work in construction or who wear steel toe boots. We are... We have great listeners who are truck drivers and both male and female who um, either because of the work that they do or whatever need some additional protection and those, quote, protective foot gear, which is not oftentimes customized to fit whatever foot special things they have going on. What do you call it? I don't want to say it's not a malformation, but just the uniqueness of their feet, those foot characteristics and qualities. Most people don't have those things address it's just these are my work shoes my work boots and then they work 10 12 hour days sometimes or extra shifts and the next thing you know they get home and their feet hurt and they think oh it's just because i've been standing on them for a long time well you mentioned boots it's not just boots if you look at the most shoes if i have a patient who has a high arch for instance there is no shoe really designed for people with high arches period not um, even look, not even not even high heels. It's not really designed for someone with a high arch. And even in those women, they may say it feels more comfortable, but yes. if they look, they'll still have a gap where their arch is and where the foot is. So they all tend to have some problems. They are just now starting to make some shoe gear for people with flat feet. So we still have an issue with the shoe industry being behind of what the human body looks like. Well, and so, but there, do you have, so say for example, you're a person who has high arches and I, cause I, I think I'm one of those people. I'm not going to take my, my shoe off for, for you right now. But, um, but anyway, I think I'm one of those people. And so what, what do you do for that then? If, if the shoe industry is behind, then what, what options do you have? Then those patients may be able to get what we kind of orthotic, which is a custom made insert. And we even have some for cute little dress shoes for my patients that want to wear, still be you know, fashion first. Right. Yet comfortable. And not feet first, but fashion Fashion first. first, (laughs) But they're still going to be feet first because they can wear an orthotic. Um, I have flat feet and I wear orthotics. They're in my shoes today. So um, some people just have to have more support. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your foot. I blame the shoe industry. So if anyone out there is a shoe designer, there's a lot of money to be made if you make a shoe with a, for a high arch people. All right. Well, we're getting ready to take our next break. And what we're going to come when we come back on our next segment, our phone lines are open, guys. But when we come back on our next segment, we're going to start talking about what we need to do if the shoe, if you have problems with your shoe or how we might know that we're having problems with our shoes. Again, this is The Foot Show with Dr. Stephanie Thomas. I'm Michelle Owens, your host, and we'll be right back after this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. 
To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. Michelle Owens in studio today with Dr. Stephanie Thomas, podiatrist, and we are going to help you get on your feet and stay on your feet and to have your feet feel good while doing it. All right. How about that? that. I love that. Yeah. Um, So again, before we, before we took our last break, the lead in was that we are, we were going to talk about how, how do people, what, what do you do when your shoes are hurting your feet? Because I think sometimes we just feel like, oh, well, that means we need to buy a bigger size. Um, and so people will just go out and randomly purchase um, shoes. And it's interesting because, um, as you know, I have three small children. And when I take my kids to buy shoes, and I remember this when I was a kid. They measured your foot. Yes. And that not just not just once, mm-hmm. but they measure everything. So every time that we go to the shoe store to buy. And it's a, a kid's shoe store. When we go to the kid's shoe store to buy shoes, I go and I start walking. They're like, oh, may I help you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for this. They don't ask me what size. They say, have your little person sit right here. Mm-hmm. And they measure their feet. And and I have started keeping track of this in my, in my phone. And so I put down when we visit and what size they tell me that they are. And it's amazing that almost every time that we go, it's different. They absolutely. And and how long and I think about this because I was told when I got pregnant the first time that my foot was gonna change. And miraculously I was able to get through the first pregnancy with a foot that was the same size. Or at least the shoes that I wore didn't bother me. But after that second pregnancy, mm-hmm. I think the twins did me in. But after that second pregnancy, I've noticed now that I that I am much more comfortable up that half size then you know i used to be a solid okay everybody eight and a half and sometimes nine and sometimes nine all right but now i'm a solid nine um and most of my eight and a halves are are in the discard pile um and so you know how often should adults get their feet measured once you actually hit and i'm gonna use this with quotation marks around the age of 40, mm-hmm. your arch starts to collapse, which would change the size of your foot and it give you a wider foot. So I expect your shoe size to change as you age. I tell all of my patients to um, get measured every five years or so just to mm-hmm. make sure. Um, but with the pregnancy thing, I've seen that because that happened does to that me. Affect, does it it's is does it affect your your arch? I know we have so things that we talk about are changes in pregnancy. So you get joint joint laxity. Yeah. Um, you know, as a result of of hormonal changes and right. and progesterone and so progesterone being the dominant pregnancy related hormone causes joint laxity and and so that can have some effects, which is good because it's intended to right. help accommodate 
for another human being that you're growing inside your body. Absolutely. But I guess one of the unintended consequences. And also the other one happens with age. It's, you know, it's a, it's a natural process of aging, like gray hair and wrinkles. There's some things we just can't do without. Yeah. I can do without that, well, actually. And it's not a huge difference, but I do tell patients. And sometimes when I have a patient complain that their shoes bother them, um, I've had my staff measure and they'll look and they're shocked. And they may have been like, I had one young lady. She was a whole size different. I don't know how she walked around in shoes. Well, you, we, do, we did this in our, and when we did the breast show and we had someone who fitted women's bras. And oh, so that's... we talked and we talked about how many people are walking around who don't have the appropriate size bra on. Um, but I wonder how many people are walking around who quite are a, not wearing quite a few a shoe that actually is is actually made to accommodate their feet. Like how many people are walking around with the wrong size shoe? They're just wearing the size that they've always worn. You you mentioned your children and you can get someone to measure a child's foot, but go to a store now and say, I need my foot measured as an adult and you'll get crickets. You'll get a strange look. Um, I think recently I went to a store and I won't say its name, but my 11 year old who's growing still like a wheat, he didn't even know how to measure because I wanted her foot measured, and he didn't know how. And so you almost have to be self-sufficient in figuring out, okay, how do I measure this foot to make sure it is the right size? Saying that when we talked about shoes, all shoes aren't created equal. So I tell patients to do some research, just like you do research on the car you're going to buy or whatever. I use the analogy of shoes being like tires, and you don't just put any tire on your car, because if you do, how does it ride? Oh, good so if you're going to get a shoe, just whatever, then you shouldn't be surprised at the aches and pains that you're suffering from because you didn't invest any time in seeing what am I putting on this foot? Because it's doing more than just covering it up. It has a lot to do because we walk around on hard surfaces. Unfortunately, you have to accommodate for that because... So um, real quickly, I want to give the number out again, guys. The phone lines are open, one 672 7464 That's 1-877-MPB-RING. You can drop us an email to women at org, or you can tweet me your questions at Dr. Michelle Owens on Twitter. Um, so going back to what you said, now that you've mentioned this thing about uh, the, the tire analogy, um, is so is there a life expectancy is there a a period of time for shoes yes why not that's why we're so how and how would we (laughs) no you are really so you are just really dispelling a lot of myths and and dropping some major knowledge today um so how exactly like because everybody has that pair of shoes that they just and I know, love and, and they don't want to get rid they of. They wait until a hole is in it or some weird thing like that. What I do, and sometimes the patients hate it, but I love to be brutally honest. And I still use the tire as an analogy. When you look at a tire, you don't wait till it's a hole. You see the tread worn off. Turn that shoe over. If all the lines on the bottom of the shoe is gone, it's time. Well, what do you do when, uh, how about, for example, in, in, in heels, etc. Well, you can get it, re- they, yes, you, can you can get it resurfaced, mm-hmm. resold. You can do that. But if you don't, and you'll be amazed how many people come and it's at a 20 degree angle and they wonder why their hip and knee hurts. And I'm like, uh, cause you're not walking straight. And I think that that's a really good point <laughs> because I think that I've learned more about 
the difference between what I perceive when I walk and how mm-hmm. I actually walk by taking a moment to place my shoes on a flat surface and just to look at how the soles are worn. Absolutely. It shows me that I put more uh, pressure on the outside of my foot or the inside or whatever. It it told me but, a lot about my gait, which yeah. I don't really have an, an awareness of in the same way when I'm up and walking because it's normal walking right. to me. But the thing with shoes that people need, to, when you think about your clothing, its purpose is to just cover up. There is no function with it. The shoe has to be designed or the shoe is designed to help absorb shock, number one. 75% of your weight goes with heel strike. So if you have a heel that's not able to absorb that weight as is, as you're walking then that can become a problem. Well, our phone oh. lines have just lit up, so we are going to go directly to the phones, and we're going to take our... Man, Alabama, you are killing it today. And they're um, I know. We, we're going to go with Steve, who's calling from Mobile. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Or I guess, yep, still morning. <laughs> um, I, have, I have a particular problem, and I'd just like you to address, you know, possibility of specialty shoes, that type of thing. Uh, I'm five foot nine. And I wear an actual measured 13 and a half triple E. Um, I also have very narrow heels, so my, my heel fits my size, my frame, but the rest of my foot looks like a duck. Um, what I find is if I find a shoe that fits, I end up going online and finding three or four of them and buying you know shoes literally three and four pairs at a time because it's that difficult to find a shoe that fits. Do you have any suggestions for people with, you know, uh, uh, difficult feet, I guess. I'll Unique feet. I w- Unique I, feet. You actually, Steve, you're smarter than you realize. That's exactly what I would do. Once I have a shoe that feels great, um, a lot of times I recommend that they go online and just buy multiple pairs so you don't have to go through the stress of trying to find a shoe. Um, fortunately, uh, a lot of the local shoe stores or whatever they just don't have a variety of sizes. And if you have a, a size that is not and I'm going to put this in quotation marks, not as common, um, <laughs> and you find one that's good, I, I think what you've done is an excellent idea. All right. Well, fine. Thank you. <laughs> you're, Steve, you're doing everything right with your unique feet. Good luck to you. and Have a good weekend. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go to Dennis, who's calling from Corinth. Good morning, Dennis. I'm going to put this in quotation marks. Hi. Hi. I've got a question regarding the neuromod in my foot. I think it's called Morton's. Morton's? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I've been dealing with this for several years, and I guess the thing that I'm really wanting to know, and this may be outside your your expertise, but is this surgery that is able to be done to eliminate that messed up bundle of nerves is that considered elective that is an elective surgery surgery that's elective means it's it's basically not life-threatening you can you can schedule it if that makes sense versus if your appendix ruptured you know that's considered an emergency surgery so it is elective most insurance carriers will pay for that um and what happens, part of that, the nerve tumor itself, as well as the part of the nerve above and below it, is removed completely. So you end up having, um, you will have some numbness to the toes as a result, but not painful. It just would, would be slightly numb. That would be your long-term effects of it. But the main goal is to eliminate pain. 
None this would be a pleasure. Okay, I, that's why I say that. That normally is a, a happy trade-off for most patients. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, Dennis. Have a good weekend and good luck to you. All right, and now we are going to go to Mikey, who's calling from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. How are you? I'm doing great, um, and I'm glad to hear y'all this morning. Uh, as usual, this is a very informative show. Um, I <laughs> I don't know. I may embarrass myself with this comment <laughs> or question here. Um, I, Because of the way my life is working and has worked for a number of years, I mostly wear – I love shoes. I always have. But I mostly wear garden clogs. This is Mobile. It's very wet and humid. And because of the kind of stuff that I need to be doing, I like it because I can kick them on and off, um, and I rotate them. And they're inexpensive enough that I can buy a bunch of pairs at one time, and when they're worn out, they're worn out. I plant something in or, or do something like that. Um, and I'm uh, not 18 anymore, and I'm not having severe problems with my feet, other than, you know, the usual stuff associated with moisture. Okay. So what's what's your question? Is that okay? Sure. You just said you're not having any pain or problems, so I think that's perfectly fine. So what did you think, Mikey? The, so you know uh, Crocs, who make a lot of clogs. They don't make all of the gardening clogs, but um, they make a lot of clogs. They um, just recently said they were going out of business, so... Um, are, do you oh, have no. some? <laughs> what am I gonna do? I like to. You need to one. go. You need to go on the internet and buy like buy two pairs as fast as you can, because uh, yeah, they're not gonna be making them anymore. So um, just make sure that you uh, stock up. <laughs> with them too, so that you know that that makes it life easier. Also, um, you know, winter and summer. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for your call. Have a great weekend, and and you know, go go scour the internet and find them while you can. All right, it's time for our last break of the hour. Our phone lines are now officially open, so if you have any foot questions, you might want to get them in soon. Um, our number is one 672 7464 We're taking our last break of the hour. This is Southern Remedy for Women, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we're back with Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. This is the last segment of one of our most popular shows, The Fit Show, and I'm here in the studio with Dr. Stephanie Thomas. We've got a couple of more phone lines that are open, but we've got two that are on right now, so we're going to go straight to our phone lines and hear from Holly, who's calling us from Louisiana. Good morning, Holly. Good morning. I like the show. I like listening to the answers and the questions. Well, we're so glad that you called. Okay, I have one collapsed arch. I'm in my 60s, and I know there's the possibility of surgery. Are there any other remedies that are available, or are there any 
uh, new forms that they're looking into besides uh, besides a surgery that that could help that situation? Yes. If you have a collapsed arch, was it, well, a more common reason for one collapsed arch is a condition called posterior tibial dysfunction. Yes, ma'am, that's it. All right. <laughs> okay. And um, I don't know how severe your, yours is. Did your doctor that diagnosed you put you in an orthotic? Yes, I've been in an orthotic for 10 years. You said the foot starts collapsing in the 40s, and it did, and in the 50s. Yeah. 40s and 50s, and yeah. now I'm in my 60s. And- you, if, you're, if you've been in an orthotic um, over five years or so, just make sure that that device, if just your foot hasn't changed, um, uh-huh. When that doesn't work, there's a particular type of brace that I put patients in. It goes up past the ankle if I need if the patient needs more support. Um, you can wear it in athletic shoes. It's not it's not something that's easily um, that you'll be able to use in like a dress shoe. Uh-huh. But that's really the only thing we have as far as surgery. But I will tell you this: they have a really cool implant that you can just put right in that mid arch and pop that arch up. It's a lot. The surgery is a lot easier than it used to be. So oh, that's good to know. Yeah. So good there's yeah. So just in case the orthotic doesn't work, but um, if you're still having, you know, if you're not having symptoms and the orthotic is working, just keep doing the orthotic. Because I think they had talked about a fusion being the ultimate ah. remedy, and I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, that's get a just... yeah, get a second opinion regarding a fusion because there are some other things out there. If the doctor is not aware of it, that just means we need to get a second opinion. Okay, great. I had not heard about a uh, an arch implant, but quite honestly, I had wondered about it before. If they can implant things in your breast, they certainly should be able to. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Well, you are welcome. Good luck, Holly. (laughs) Staying on the phones, we're going to go to Phaedra, who's calling from Jackson. Phaedra, we've got about three and a half minutes. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? We're doing great. How are you? Doing just fine. Uh, My name is Deidre Snell. I'm one of the dentists that I used to tailgate with Dr. Owens. Oh, Uh, my goodness. It's the same. Who that? (laughs) (laughs) Who that? But I... I did have a foot question, though, because I don't deal with that end of the body. But uh, I love wearing Vibram five-finger shoes. They're the most comfortable shoes that I can work out in and run in. Uh And uh, I just was wanting to know, because at one point they had a bad report, and I just was wanting to know, what is your opinion about the five-finger shoes? You have to be careful with the bad reports and the good reports. My question to you is, are you having any problems when you're using them? No, it's the most comfortable shoe for then me to wear. Go work out with in. that. You're gonna know better than anyone else. Go with uh, what your body is telling you. I think um, you know, sometimes you'll get bad reviews. It's almost like, you know, uh one day eggs are bad for you, then eggs are good for you, and then we don't know which way to go. So Yeah. So I think for some people those sh- they are not good, but it really depends on the type of foot you have. So it's not something you can just say uh, all or none theory. So okay. if you're not having any problem and no pain whatsoever when you work out and run in them, I say keep going. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I'll see you in the face, Deidre. Deidre, I hope so. We're looking forward to it. We got some great games and uh, a really good schedule this year. <laughs> Yes, I know. I know. I'm looking forward to it, too. You have a good one. You, too. Bye-bye. 
So we got about two more minutes in this last um, before we before we wrap today. Um, okay. Great show as always, uh, Doctor Thomas. Is there something in particular that you want everybody to know? Like some some words of wisdom, some pearls that you can share with them about things they can do either for for foot health and maintenance. Um, I think that a the if it's if it hurts, then so, there's a problem. Um, anything else that you want to kind of be your closing words of wisdom? That's going to be number one with pain, but also just look and examine. Um, just like on your end, we talk about breast exams and doing exams. Something as simple as using your eyes to inspect the foot. Uh, it gets ignored, stuffed in a shoe and, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And that really should not be the case. I tell everyone that, you know, that's your first means of transportation. So you want to be able to have a good leg to stand on. <laughs> and good feet. And good feet. So take good care of your feet. Yes. And your feet will take care of you. There you go. <laughs> Look this is great. Well, um, thanks so much um, for sharing your wisdom. You know, we're going to have you back again. Again, this is Dr. Stephanie Thomas, who is our guest today, who um, is at Premier Foot Clinic in Clinton. You want to give that number out, Dr. Uh, Thomas? Sure. 601-926-1500. Awesome. Thanks so much for everybody for listening. We hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Today's Southern Remedy was produced by Java Chapman. Uh, And our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo. I am Dr. Michelle Owens. Thanks for being with us. And join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio.